How's it going, guys? My name is Hiram. And my name with... Go ahead. is Carissa Des. And we are here with Based, which is a podcast that aims to hopefully just answer some questions about different social, political topics, normal, everyday life topics, and from a very unique perspective, because we got two people from two of the weirdest cities in the United States, me in Austin and Carissa in Portland. Portland. I was just going to let you say Portland, but from Portland, (laughs) Oregon. Yes. So we have a guest today, uh, Dan, I'll let him, I'll let him introduce himself to you guys. Uh, and, and maybe even if you feel comfortable, Dan, introducing the topic to our audience. Uh, Sure. Uh, I'm Dan. I also live in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I have been uh, chatting with Krissa for uh, the last couple of days about polyamory uh, and um, the uh, kind of the whole topic of ethical non-monogamy and how that works and whatnot. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. So, so, uh, so the thing about Portland ahead. is, is that most people I meet here are uh, in polyamorous relationships or, um, you know, are in open relationships. And when I first moved here, I went to a club and there was actually someone trying to um, get me to become polyamorous. And I was married at the time. And I was like, yeah, there's there's no way I would ever do that. Like, um, and yeah, and it was very new to me. Um, so I kept asking questions and learned a little bit about it, but there's still a lot that I don't know, or like, you know, that I probably haven't even thought about before, but, but yeah, I feel like it's more common than not here, but it could just be, um, a bias because, because my friends are, are, um, are in polyamorous relationships. Um, but do you, I mean, I also think that most Portlanders smoke weed too, but it could just be the people that I (laughs) <laughs> that I'm around, but what do you think? Do you think that like the majority of people you meet are like polyamorous or in open relationships? I don't know if it's the majority of people that I meet, but you know, when I, uh, I had just, I, I think that I was kind of born polyamorous. Uh, it, it's something that came very natural to me, uh, but I never knew that it was actually a thing, uh, for a really long time. And I was living in Tennessee, North Carolina at that time and was planning to move up here and it was just kind of discovering that you, that you could be in relationships like this and that people were interested in it. And there had been a few books written about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my best friend who was trying to talk me into moving to Portland used the, uh, the polyamory scene as a way to convince me that this was the place for me. So it definitely is a big enough thing that lots of people know about it. It's uh, one of the few places I've been where it doesn't, when you tell people that you're not monogamous, they don't, look at you like you're crazy most of the time yeah definitely people look at me like I'm crazy because I'm monogamous (laughs) or maybe it's just (laughs) my hair I don't know (laughs) um yeah I think it's really interesting like all the different aspects of um of these relationships um I actually thought that I was polyamorous and maybe I am a little bit because I can like I can have feelings for multiple people but when it comes to the actual relationship I 
don't think that I could I could do it. Um, and one of the biggest factors is jealousy. And another is just, you know, maybe maybe I, um, I'll, I'll evolve and get past that. But um, also, you know, just like having multiple sex partners, I feel like can be unsafe. But I know that there are ways, you know, if you're communicating to do it right. Yeah, I, I think that jealousy is a big uh, is a big issue in in polyamorous relationships, even even people who feel like, you know, polyamorous relationships are the only ones they're willing to be in. Uh, they still deal with jealousy. Uh, and, you know, I think that jealousy is one of those things that it gives you some insight into uh, your relationship. I find that jealousy is usually a, a fear based thing and uh, gives you an opportunity to communicate, you know, what's happening, why you're feeling afraid, what it is that you're needing from your partner to help you kind of overcome uh, that jealousy and keep building trust and, and to make sure that the, you know, the relationships that, that you're in feel safe to you. And I think that with any, just like any other, um, you know, sexual identity, polyamorous um, needs fit on a spectrum where some people like myself, uh, I'm, have always felt like, uh, you know, monogamous relationships didn't, I uh, didn't function very well in monogamous relationships, whereas other people uh, kind of choose to be in non-monogamous relationships, but they're perfectly comfortable in a, you know, in a monogamous relationship also. And then there's people all the way to the monogamous spectrum that don't feel like they could ever fit into a non-monogamous relationship and would never entertain the idea at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so you're married, right? And you're yes. um, in an open relationship. Is that, do you still consider that poly or, um, because I know that they're like, I know that people can be poly, like two people can get together, um, and then have a closed relationship. Would you consider the actual relationship poly or are you just two poly people in an open relationship? So, uh, there's the terms around this change all the time and all sorts of people have different ideas of, you know, what the proper term that they feel comfortable with. Um, and so I, uh, I'm married. Um, I've been in a relationship with, uh, my wife for five years, a little more than five years now. And, uh, and I, you know, we have been non-monogamous, uh, throughout that entire time. Uh, although we spent a big chunk of the beginning of our relationship really focused just on each other. Uh, we, we realized that our relationship was something special to both of us. And we wanted to kind of, as we started moving toward that sort of nesting idea where we were moving in together and really, uh, you know, sharing our entire lives, we spent quite a long time where we weren't dating other people. Um, and so we, we are in an open relationship. I date outside of our relationship uh, more often than my wife does at this point. Uh, and she is, uh, she's actually pretty comfortable being in a monogamous relationship, um, or a non-monogamous relationship, uh, as long as that relationship is completely honest. So that's kind of where, where we are currently. So, yeah, that, that is, um, I I'd say a very, I, you know, rare perspective in, the culture I come from, uh, I mean like a, a rare occurrence, I feel like culturally, you know, um, there are a lot of 
different values that sometimes conflict with polyamory in, in different parts of the world and different cultures. Um, and this applies to religious beliefs too. Um, but I just, you know, um, find it interesting that both you and Dan find it somewhat common and Dan, that it's been something that, you know, you've been living through now for many years because you know, at least five years ago, I felt like that was much more taboo than it is, you know, today. Um, and I feel like that part of it is that like culture is kind of merging because of technology and everything. There's ideas that are being more widely accepted now than before, but yeah, that's more kind of like an assumption, less something that I know factually. Uh, but definitely for me, that's what it feels like. I feel like I've learned so much about these unique, you know, and, and it's great to have somebody that has that much experience because it's personally, I feel like it's a new concept, but it, it's really not, you know what I mean? It, not at all. And that's mostly because I come from a really particular cultural lens. Yeah. I think, you know, there've been books being written on it since, uh, you know, as far back as the late sixties that I know of. So it's been around for a long time and I imagine it's been around as, as long as, uh, people have been forming relationships with each other. So, yeah. uh, but when I, when I first realized that I didn't function in, uh, well in monogamous relationships, that I, I had no idea that it was a thing that you could do. Uh, there were, there were two terms for me where I grew up. One was a slut and the other was a dirty, rotten cheater. And, it's worth, uh, it's worth and neither you're a, one of you're them were, too. What's that? It's worse if you're a femme too. And that's like your lifestyle. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like and so a guy, um, a player, but if you're a femme, it's you're, you're a slut. So it's, I think it's even harder, but anyway, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah. It's uh, so it was something that for me, I, I kept really quiet um, and never really understood why it was, it was different for me. Um, but from my very first relationship, it didn't, it didn't function. Um, I didn't function within monogamy well, but, um, I also didn't want to be dishonest in my relationships. And so there was this challenge of finding myself attracted to someone new, moving out of one relationship and immediately into another and just kind of bouncing through relationships until finally I decided for a long time, I just wasn't going to do relationships, uh, that were, you know, any sort of committed dating relationship, uh, which comes with its whole own set of, you know, trust issues. And then I realized you can, you can just decide to live a life this way. And it's, uh, that was, I think that I, um, I started finding out about polyamory maybe 12 years ago, uh, came out to my friends and family maybe 10 years ago. So, uh, and have, that was you know, it's just the way of, and and what uh dan do you think was your first big, like big obstacle uh in becoming uh you know more accustomed to being polyamorous versus holding monogamous relationships so i'm sure you know, you've had many challenges but what was maybe your first big one yeah i mean i think i think my first big challenge was before i knew uh, before i'd ever heard the word polyamory um, just realizing that I wasn't the same as other people. Uh, my, my very first relationship, I was in maybe ninth grade. Uh, and the girl that I was dating, my, you know, it was my very first girlfriend. I was super excited about it. Uh, and she broke up with me. I found out, um, you know, the day after that she and my best friend had been, you know, getting together and deciding to date for a week or two prior to her breaking up to me. And everybody told me that I, you know, 
that should be the end of it. I should not be, you know, I should never speak to either one of them again. And I just didn't understand, you know, why that, why that was a thing. I enjoyed being around both of them. I didn't understand why we couldn't all just be friends, why that meant that, you know, some, some trust had been broken simply because they enjoyed each other's company. And, um, I, I really just wanted everybody to be able to talk about it and everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, and so like, that was a big obstacle, just not, not functioning in the same mind space as most people in relationships. Uh, when I first, when I really started coming out as being polyamorous, I, uh, I kind of thought, and I think a lot of people do that it would, uh, open the field of people that I had to date. And I found that that was not the case, that it actually narrowed the, mm -hmm. the field of people that were available for me to date, especially when meeting people in real life. Um, and without knowing where all the poly people hang out, it's hard to meet poly people. So, mm -hmm. uh, the poly so yeah, that, that can be a change. That was a challenge in the very beginning. Yeah. Well, okay. So I have a question. I, um, in my understanding, Polly was that you can love multiple people, you can have multiple partners, but some people f believe that um, it's not a poly relationship if you don't have like good communication, like, you know, where you're not betraying each other and like going um, behind each other's back to, um, you know, to have these other relationships. Like it's poly if you're like communicating that you have this other partner um, and it's more like you're like managing all these different relationships while your other partners have knowledge of them. Is that true to you or? Um, yeah, I, I think different people. <laughs> what was that last part? I didn't hear. I think it depends on the person. I think that's. Yeah, I, I think it depends a lot just on the individual relationship dynamics. Uh, I have a um, sort of a a partner, if you could call it that, a, a friend that we are very close, uh, and her main partner, uh, they, the, the only thing that they really do is just say, Hey, this is, this is a person I'm hanging out with. There's a chance we're going to have sex. So, and that's as much talking as they really do about it. And that works for them. Uh, other people, have, uh, you know, a lot more, you know, they spend a lot more time talking about, uh, who they are dating. And, uh, you know, I, I have another friend who is in a, a relationship with a married man. Um, his wife is monogamous and, uh, and she dates him, uh, and spends a lot of time with, with both of them. Uh, but they, in order for her to start dating someone outside of that relationship, they have all kinds of conversations, like, you know, five, six long conversations, uh, before they ever even meet this person. Uh, and so what was that? That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and it can be a lot of work. And so it just depends on what, uh, you know, what you need in that relationship, but, uh, communication is definitely very important. Uh, I think, I would say that that's not just a thing for poly relationships, but for all relationships in order to have a strong, healthy relationship, communication is vital uh, in poly relationships. It really forces the matter. You, you just can't get around, you know, the communication. Yeah. My 
dream poly like if i were to be poly would be that i would have like three boyfriends and we just wouldn't like talk about what we were doing <laughs> I, I, I don't think that would actually work you know as an adult you know like yeah uh, you know, it does, it does work for some people. I, I've met people who their, their thing is sort of, uh, a, um, tacit approval for cheating. They have a don't ask, don't tell sort of relationship. Uh, and, but that's kind of skirts the lines of being ethical, uh, because mm-hmm. you, you just don't, and it, those relationships don't work super well usually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, when it, when it comes to like polyamory, uh, one, one very big challenge is, you know, understanding the way that, uh, the dynamics of your relationship function, right? Because like you said, uh, I think so long as there's communication within the relationship, um, you can easily overcome what I think many folks sometimes mistakenly believe in. That's like, that if you love somebody else, you're trading that love for this other person. I think that every person has almost an unlimited capacity to, you know, give love to others, maybe limited by time. Right. But when it comes to the actual ability to love and to give, there's no, there's no trade-off, right. You don't love somebody less to love somebody more or the other way around. Um, But that seems to be a very like innate, like challenge to like, you know, try to accept that as like uh, maybe reality for the relationship you're in. And I think part of being able to accept that, like you said, is, is communication. I don't know too much about polyamory, but that's kind of how I deal with my jealousy, right? If I'm ever jealous in a relationship and I haven't been in a polyamory one, I, I just think that I remind myself that there's no trade-off, you know, in, in that kind of situation. Jealousy is kind of really rooted in insecurity and mostly in a fear that you're going to lose what you have, in a lot of cases, you're not losing what you have, you know, and, and it's kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult, but I've spent a lot of time thinking about how I would overcome some of these challenges you talk about and what kind of communication I think would be most effective in my relationship. Yeah. I think that, um, Hey, I, I think that jealousy is almost always based in fear uh, and a lot of it is the, the fear of, you know, losing someone that's super close to you, super special to you. Uh, and it's scary when you see your, uh, you know, your partner meet somebody new and they're in the throes of that new relationship energy, they call it in uh, yeah, and they're, they're like so excited to be with somebody brand new. They're falling in love and you're watching that happen. It, it's easy to think, well, wait a minute. What if they start to love that person more than me? What if they want to start living with this other person and they don't want to live with me anymore? And it, you can just like spiral into this hole of, uh, you know, self pity, uh, and jealousy, and it can create serious problems if you're not, not communicating. Uh, although some people feel the opposite of that, which, uh, is, is called compersion. Uh, compersion is like a feeling of joy, uh, in place of jealousy. So when you see your partner falling in love, you feel this, like this, like excitement about it. Uh, Luckily for me, I tend to feel compersion uh, much more powerfully than I feel jealousy. Uh, and when I do feel jealousy, I always know that I need to first 
do some self-reflection to figure out what it is I'm afraid of, and then immediately open that conversation with my partner. And, uh, and it doesn't take long before we're kind of getting back to, uh, you know, our comfort and our trust with each other, even if, you know, my partner's super excited about spending the night at some, you know, somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to the question of, um, protection. Like, do you ever, uh, I'm sure, you know, you both are safe or, you know, wear condoms or whatever, but do you, is that, is that a big worry? Like in, in poly relationships, like, you know, that they're going out, like sleeping with new people and, and all that. Is that like something that you communicate beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, I've, I've become very comfortable having, uh, sexual health conversations, uh, and I, you know, my, my partner, that's one of the things that we have made a really strong agreement about, uh, is that before we engage in any sexual activity with anyone new, um, that we have built enough of a relationship with each other to, to trust their level of being honest, um, about everything, but especially about their sexual health. Um, and had, you know, some long conversations about sexual health and, um, and just making sure that everyone who's, who you're adding into your circle of sexual partners is on the same page, uh, as to sexual health. Uh, and that can be a challenging thing. There have been times when I was really excited to get involved with someone sexually, uh, but they didn't quite fit the level of comfort that I needed um, or the level of comfort that my wife needs. Uh, and, and, you know, I had to make that decision that I'm not going to, going to start a sexual relationship with this person. Uh, and that can be a really challenging, uh, and disappointing conversation to have with someone. Uh, but honest, you know, you, you just have to be, uh, able to be that honest with your partners. I think everyone needs to be able to be that honest with their partners. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a lot of my friends, Oh, go ahead. Hiram. No, go ahead, Chris. It's I'm going to kind of switch to a different, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to pivot. You go ahead. No, no, I, I'm completely fine. No, you, um, (laughs) a lot of my friends are in polycules. Is that what you, um, yeah. where they're, you know, it's like a group of like three or four people who are poly and they're all like each other's partners. Um, and I find that, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of drama there, but I was wondering if you have ever been in a relationship like that before where it was like you had, you all shared or, and is it called, um, at that point, are you swingers or is that like an old like an old term that's not really uh, anymore. Yes. So swingers is a little bit different. Uh, swingers tend to be all about the sex and less about the relationships. So when you think about the old, uh, you know, seventies key parties where everybody goes and drops their keys in a bowl and, you know, you, you pull out a set of keys and go home with the person whose keys you grabbed and you're not, the idea there is to have essentially casual sex, uh, and uh, polyamory is a little more focused on the relationships uh, by most people's definition. So not that there isn't a lot of, you know, juicy sexuality in the poly world, uh, but it's just not quite as uh, impersonal as what swingers are typically used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, 
the other part of your question, I have been in relationships where, um, where I was in a tight knit group, uh, and we were all dating. Um, so my, uh, I, I dated a, a girl that I was living with for a while and she was, um, dating another guy. I eventually started dating his primary partner. So the four of us all spent a lot of time together. The most challenging thing about it, uh, most of the time was that, you know, when it was time to go to bed, we all had to have a conversation about who was going to whose bed and, you know, but that got to be pretty easy uh, after a while. It can be challenging when like one person uh, or, you know, one of the, those two or two of those people break up and then the rest of the group is all together. Uh, and that did happen in our group. Uh, and we had to communicate through that just as much as we had to communicate through, uh, you know, when our relationship was really strong, it's just part, it's part of it. There's, communication becomes, um, you know, very second nature and you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be honest, uh, and you, and you're able to work through almost anything. Mm -hmm. I have seen people who handle those relationships with uh, massive amounts of drama though. Uh, I think that there are some people who kind of thrive on the drama in some ways. I would just yeah. be like a little drama bee if I was in a polycule. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. that's my bitch. Uh, <laughs> like, go ahead, I yeah. think there's something liberating about being uh, polyamorous. Uh, do you think it's more of personal preference or because sometimes, and, and let me preface that, I feel like polyamory is like scolded or frowned upon because you know it evidently universally for like brings everybody feelings of jealousy which they may not understand you know because jealousy as i haven't understood is like a very like you know natural instinct that has been observed in children as young as six months so it's not like you develop jealousy you're born with that biological trait and understanding it and overcoming it i think takes a level of maybe in like, you know, like enlightenment or self-awareness. And I, I don't know if you think because of that, you know, journey that it takes to be polyamory, there's something not necessarily superior, but liberating versus being monogamous. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind I think old. so. I, so I, I think for me personally, and I'm, I am one of the, you know, the strange people who I really feel like, um, non-monogamy is a deep seated part of my sexual identity. Uh, and so for me realizing that I could be open about it, uh, that I could live in a place where people accept it and I don't have to be so afraid of, you know, somebody seeing me holding hands with somebody that's not my wife. Um, and, you know, losing my job over it, which when I was in Tennessee was a, a thing that happened sometimes. Um, they would and, you uh, for cheating on your uh, partner. Yeah. You, you know, or if you, if you got outed for partner. cheating, yeah, if you got outed for cheating, it was not uncommon to get fired from your job. It's just a very religious kind of place where that for some reason they feel like that is uh, grounds for firing because it doesn't fit the family values of the oh workspace God. is what they normally tell you. It's like a personal decision. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a, it's a strange place out in Tennessee. Uh, 
and uh, it's a hard it's a hard place to be polyamorous so i bet it's a hard place to be gay um it's yeah or or trans or anything other than you know a white married person really it's kind of how, what it boils down male. to anything other than a white cis male <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. That's that that helps a lot out there. Um, you know, and, so. it, and it's crazy because that reflects in how we pick our presidents. Just fun fact: always a nuclear family for the U.S. president. Uh, anything that deviates away from that polyamorous president, not going to happen. Yeah, totally. Uh, at least not, you know, not anytime not soon. Anytime soon. Yeah, of course. Yeah, not uh, you know, and I think that you see in uh, in the public sphere. We've seen, uh, you know, homosexuality. Well, I mean, I you, I actually can think all the way back to, you know, early in my life, I started seeing uh, for the first time a man and wife on television sleeping in the same bed. You, you know, for a long time, they just had two beds in the room, and uh, because they couldn't, they couldn't show anything so lewd as a single bed in a bedroom on television. Uh, and then eventually that became commonplace. Eventually we started seeing, um, you know, gay people on television on occasion. Uh, we started seeing trans people on television. And so you, they, you see these little things pop up in, uh, in culture in really small entertainment sort of ways. And then they start to broaden out to where, you know, now, uh, you know, gay marriage has been legalized. Um, and so that movement often starts in just in pop culture and we are starting to see polyamory pop up into pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of in the early days of people seeing that it is a thing that is possible. Um, and, um, yeah, so my wife just said, and it'll be the next thing that's vilified. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, you know, when enough of our culture has gotten comfortable with, you know, trans rights, which right now are a, a big challenge in our country. And we, you know, so polyamory might come along after that at some point and it will be vilified and, uh, you know, they'll try to make laws against make it. And, changes um, and, yeah. and then eventually our whole culture will settle into realizing that this is a perfectly valuable and uh, appropriate way to conduct your relationships. Could you imagine if there was a law against poly polyamory, like in Portland, like you'll get fined if you have two boyfriends like that? I don't think that would ever happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt it's going to happen in, you know, in Oregon, but I could totally see it happening in, in you know. Yeah, totally. In Tennessee, Georgia, I could see it happening in those places. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to imagine because we do live in Portland and like pretty much anything goes here, which is one of the things I love about it. Like, yeah, it's like let your freak flag fly and like do whatever you want and <laughs> yeah. don't really get a whole lot of judgment unless you go to like, you know, the Pearl district or something. It's a little bit more conservative there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what about, what? what about in Texas and Austin? Well, I know, you know, Texas is Austin's is a lot different than the rest of Texas, but um, is there a lot of, of stigma around, um, polyamory in, in Austin? I think no more than you would expect in a, you know, city with thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Um, it feels to me like there's maybe in, in Austin in particular, being such a metropolitan area, there's more folks than 
you know, in other conservative areas of Texas that are willing to be in polyamorous relationships. And in terms of like the public sphere, I think it's generally accepting. Uh, Austin is very progressive. Uh, it's a city where a lot of people with different identities and goals and feelings, uh, you know, come. And so because there's a lot of that diversity coming in, there's been a bigger like amount of tolerance in, in the city than in other parts of Texas. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's one of those things. It's as heavily stigmatized uh, as it is in smaller Texas towns. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to touch a little bit more on coming out and like how the community, um, do they, you know, how they treat you differently and like what your family thinks about your relationships because I feel like if I told my mom that I was like polyamory she'd be like she wouldn't blink an eye she'd be like oh cool all right <laughs> um and then my other side of the family is a little bit more judgmental but I probably just wouldn't tell them um is your family pretty open to um to your to your lifestyle yeah my so my mom had a lot of questions about what it meant uh, and she thought it was, you know, a little odd, uh, but she was just like, okay, I guess it, I guess it makes sense after she had asked all of her questions and it took her weeks to of asking me, she would just think of something new that she was worried about and ask me how it worked and sometimes regret how honest I am when I answered the, pro the, the question. But, uh, and, uh, as my, you know, my, I think when I told my sister, she was like, of course you are. <laughs> that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a thing, but now that I know it's a thing, I it's, it's obviously your thing. Um, and so a lot of people who knew me really well, uh, were just like, Oh yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, uh, so I was surprised at how many of my family and friends were completely accepting of it. Uh, and, but I also was surprised that there were a handful of people who were just like, that's a little too deviant for me and stepped out of my life. Uh, and which seems like a weird thing to, you know, walk away from a friendship over, but, uh, but I had a few friends, uh, female friends, especially who felt like me telling them that I was polyamorous meant that my, my only goal was to sleep with everyone. And, uh, and they were just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want you coming on to me all the time. So I don't yeah. want to be around you I mean, anymore. It's kind of like when you come out as like, bye, your girlfriends are like, Whoa, so, are you hitting on me. Yeah. I totally yeah, it. totally. Absolutely. So, uh, folks, we're, I think hitting the 45 minute mark. And oh, we have, bit. we have, uh, as much time as we, we need on zoom, but, but Great. we did want to stop at around nine. So, um, so we have like five, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And, 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 and on that note, I wanted to ask, I think it's really important for folks that are interested in maybe starting a journey as a polyamorous individual. Uh, what are some of the, you know, tips and tricks that as a veteran <laughs> you have for folks, uh, who are just exploring like the that. side of themselves? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, starting with some reading is a really good idea. Uh, 
I think that uh, there's, you know, the, the two books that I read uh, early on in my journey, uh, one was called The Ethical Slut, uh, oh, yeah. which is um, written by, uh, I actually have it up over here, Jan, uh, Janet Hardy, I think. And there was another author on it too. And then uh, More Than Two uh, is, a, is a really, really good book um, written by uh, Franklin Vaux and Eve Rickert. Uh, and just like reading a little bit and understanding what sorts of relationships are out there, um, what it's really all about, it kind of helps to dispel the um, excitement of I'm going to be poly so I can have threesomes all the time. And that's all you really care about um, and and kind of helps you to understand what it what it really means, what kind of communication is necessary, the sort of pitfalls that you can fall into. Uh, for example, a lot of couples, especially when they decide to open their relationship for the first time, decide to make all these rules for each other. And that almost always include rules like, okay, we can sleep with people, but we can't fall in love. And you can't tell yourself not to fall in love. You, that yeah. just happens. Uh, and you, you never know where a relationship is going to end when it first starts. And you just kind of have to to allow yourself to be open and honest with each other enough to let your relationships play themselves out uh, and without putting a bunch of rules on each other. And it, it, that tends to uh, cause relationships to implode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, um, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this. I told that room, but um, I, decided that I wanted to try the poly lifestyle. So I was like in an open relationship with somebody and then I fell in love immediately. So I was like, I this is probably, <laughs> and then I was like jealous and it's like, okay, this isn't for me, but, um, but I'm definitely like, I'm not non-judgmental toward people who are in poly relationships. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's really, um, it comes down to, um, what you're comfortable with, what your partners are comfortable with, like you said. And, um, I think different relationships, you should allow them to like transform into, um, what they're going to become and not, not force these, um, certain types of relationships on yeah. other people, and, like, you know, yourself. Yeah. There's, there's an incredibly deep level of consent that you have to be, uh, comfortable with. Uh, and unfortunately there's a lot of people in our culture who are, you know, not that comfortable with consent at all. Um, and, but to, uh, or they're comfortable with, you know, consent to, you know, like checking in with, with their partner, but having this level of consent where your partner's telling you they want to sleep with someone else and they're checking in to see what your feelings around it are mm -hmm. is this whole new consent conversation that most people are not comfortable enough um, to have right off the bat. It takes some, it takes some work uh, and some time and some patience and uh, you know, some, some rocky times sometimes to, to deal with that, especially if you're in a partnership and opening it up for the first time, as opposed to kind of being on your own and deciding that you're just going to date multiple people, uh, and kind of starting off your poly world in, you know, while, while you're single. Do you, um, Dan, that's some really great advice and I really, you know, appreciate your insight. It really, resonates with me and it aligns a lot with um 
you know, the information I've read, you mentioned compersion. There's a really great NPR podcast about it, actually, uh, that came out like a month or two ago. Um, I think you just look it up online on Google, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, that level of trust, that level of consent. I mean, you know, some of the things that I think, you know, pop culture makes you want to believe is that like polyamory leads to, you know, unethical relationship having, and that's not true. You know, successful polyamory is just as healthy as successful monogamy. Monogamy. A lot of the themes are the same trust, communication, consent, all of that. It's just basic human rights. It's not even like a, you know what I mean? Uh, Basic human needs, you know, it's not even like a, you know, like a polyamory monogamous thing. I think everyone everywhere always wants good communication, you know, fairness, love, you know, and, and, you know, to be treated as a human. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, and those are the things that make every relationship great. Uh, you know, when I, I look at my, you know, my grandparents were married for, I don't know, 50 something years before my grandmother died. And the thing that made their relationship great was when anything that came up that was a challenge, they would sit down and talk it out. They, um, they didn't always see eye to eye. They didn't always get along. I'm not sure they always even liked each other, uh, but they were able to communicate through everything. And because their communication was so strong, they kind of remained a really good team throughout their whole lives. And, uh, and the, all, all relationships thrive on solid, healthy communication and honesty. Definitely. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And uh, Carissa, I think we're about just at five minutes at nine o'clock. Um, Dan, we did it. We didn't go over this this time. Usually uh, we end up going for like two hours. So we didn't (laughs) this time. But, um, Dan, if you have any last things you'd like to talk about, anything important that was left out, I think this is a really good, you know, time for us to segue into anything me and Carissa might've missed because we just don't have the experience you do or yeah. Or any last words essentially. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else I have. I think that if, um, I think that if, if you're interested in, you know, in open relationships and non-monogamous relationships, I think that it is, uh, worth having that conversation, whether it's with your partner or, uh, or, you know, just doing some reading to decide if this is a lifestyle that's for you, uh, and not don't, don't shy away from it simply because it seems scary. And our culture tells us that, you know, all relationships should be one man and one woman. That's, you know, we, we know that that's bogus. Um, and it's not just bogus because of the gender roles, but also because of the numbers, uh, all, all relationships can be healthy if you make them healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I just want to, um, say one last thing, or, I mean, it was just something that I thought about just now, but, um, I don't want people to confuse polygamy and polyamory. Polyamory is a choice. And I think polygamy sometimes for the, you know, women who are, you know, sometimes women are forced to marry men. Um, it's, it's completely different for those listening who are like new to, to this topic. Um, I mean, there's some similarity similarities there where you have multiple partners, but, um, but polyamory I think is always a choice, um, between the partners. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but polygamy has a history of, um, you know, this like deep seated patriarchy. Yeah. Um, and it's in, in some ways the, the grossest end of what patriarchy can become. Uh, and polyamory certainly focuses a lot more on, you know, open, equal collaboration between partners and, uh, and anything that gets too mixed up in the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. gets yep. gross real quick down with the patriarchy <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you dan really appreciate like all the information you've shared and honestly going into this patriarchy conversation and, and maybe it's ties to you know That's polyamory um or i mean monogamy and and some other you know i mean i think you could talk about this from an evolutionary perspective from a strictly uh you know a, like a political social political perspective so part two maybe yeah right you know i really appreciate all of your comments like. it's something that you know i feel i'm going to apply to my life from here on out all this information i think is going to make me just that much more prepared to face uh these difficult emotional situations that everybody is subject to right uh, mm-hmm. So again, thank you so much for for coming on here with us. Yeah, it was and, nice and, and to sharing that information. Um, talk to you kind of in person. Talk to you live yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice talking to you. Yeah, and if you uh, if you want to talk more, I uh, let me know. I can. I can figure out the the time that that could work. Sounds good. And thank you everybody for watching and listening. Um, We will have an edited version of Dan Bauman. Thank you so much for talking with us about polyamory. Um, I hope you learned something. I definitely learned a lot today. So great. Have Have a great day, Dan. Thank you so much. Likewise, all you guys have a beautiful day. Have a good one.